Welcome aboard, space travelers. Please lower your harness and keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle at all times. Prepare for blast-off. And welcome to another episode of that Disneyland Paris podcast uh, with me, Nick, and myself, Paul. You know, it's 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 a struggle every time. It <laughs> really is. The fact that I've gone to one show a month now, and the only other podcast that I do is with my daughter, where you know she's apparently in charge. Um, I'm just getting rusty, man. Yeah, getting really rusty. Yeah, I'm not surprised in this weather either. Mate, <laughs> well, right. So obviously, for those that don't know, we we are at uh, fairly opposite ends of the country. Not not quite, yeah. but far We're enough. Probably, probably about 150 miles between us. Yeah. What what's the uh, what's the weather like where you are right now? Absolutely chucking it down. Okay, so it's so weirdly it's the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I went out earlier. When I went out earlier. There was um it, there was some light rain. It was light rain. Like I had uh I've got a as as Craig saw uh a waterproof uh, cap, just a baseball cap, but it's made out of waterproof material. And I just wore that because I thought I can't wear a coat. It's it was too warm to wear a coat, but I needed yeah. to at least try and keep some rain off me. Um, but like but after I got in. Like it just the heavens just opened, yeah. Just just mad this this weather. Yeah, and I I was up early this morning and did a few bits of hive, and I thought, oh, I'm missing some food in the house. I'll I'll just nip out, and it was lovely. Windows down on the car, everything wonderful. Went for a walk at lunchtime. Was too warm, but then come like five o'clock, absolutely hammering it down again. Insane. British summer, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> too hot to be comfortable, too wet to uh Yeah. And to think this time last year we're just past the the date for the thirtieth anniversary or for the opening of Avengers Campus even. Um mm. was just over a year ago. And I couldn't travel because it was too hot. Yeah, that's right. Yes, you the, the the coaches were like, No, it's too hot yeah. to travel. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's it's been crazy. Absolutely crazy. But look, this isn't weather after dark. Craig tried that one and it failed. Uh, this is the Disneyland Paris podcast. So we are going to talk about Disneyland Paris because there is all, quite a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, yeah. We've uh, we've got a lot to, to fill in this month. Yeah. So uh, shall we go first with, I, I guess, the, the thing that's caused the most havoc, I would say. Yeah, I guess so. So the last show we were talking about how we couldn't buy one, and now we still can't buy one, but although, other people can. Yeah, although weirdly, I did see that. Um, apparently, I mean, I mean, this was from a cast member, so I mean, you know, who knows? But apparently, they will be back on general sale by the end of the summer. Yeah, yeah, that seems to so, be the. The consensus. So yeah, mm. annual passes 
Pass and Well are back in a whole new guise. Not the guys that we thought it was going to be, because I just assumed it was going to fit in alongside the American ones. That seemed like it was where it was going. But no, they've gone very basic. We have bronze, silver, and gold. Um, so moved away completely from actually being anything Disney related. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. And I mean, the thing is, I, I mean, realistically, I would say for most people on this podcast, there only, only ever was three passes. Yeah. Because the fourth pass, whilst you could buy it, was was pretty much so restrictive, it yeah. wasn't worth your time bothering to, to go to the effort. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll start with the, the basics, prices, and, and kind of what's included. So we've got the bronze one, which is €289, Euros, or €18 Euros a month after an initial payment of €91. Euros. Um, that, is, of course, gives you unlimited access to the Disney parks, but we'll dive more into how unlimited it is in a moment. Um, and that covers you for 170 days of the year. And all you get with that is free parking. Okay. Um, then you've got the silver one at €499, Euros, or €30 Euros a month after... 169 euro deposit. So hang on, that's what's the first one? 279. 289. So it's 210 okay. euros more. Okay. Um, and that gets you again unlimited access for 300 days of the year. And mm-hmm. that also includes your free parking again, and you get 10% off in the shops, 10% off in restaurants, and 10% off your annual Disney photo pass. Then your final one, which covers you for every day of the year, at €699 uh, is the gold one at €45 a month after an initial payment of €204. Again, free parking, 15% off in the shops, 15% off in the restaurants. Uh, The annual photo pass is included in that, and you get extra magic time as if you were staying in one of the hotels. That is all that's included in the passes. And so, this is where the big thing has, I think, come from with this. Well, I, I, I think there's a few things here. I mean, yes, mostly the fact that... um, And do you have a list of what's been taken away? Yes. I know most of it anyway, but... We'll, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll discuss that in a, in a second. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the glaring thing, you know, from, from the outset, is the fact that it's gone up? The top pass has gone up to over two hundred euros, right? Yeah. Was it four? Was it four nine nine? Yeah, I think before so. They closed it off, so it's gone up two hundred euros per year, and yeah. they've stripped it to the bare bones. Now, they're the, the what they've kept are obviously the things that probably get used the most because you're going to make sure you get it off your shop, and you're going to make sure you get your discount on your on your food as well. Yeah. Um, but the, the sim, you know, the fact that they've decided they could raise it that much for yeah. that is to, just to me just is insanity. And I mean, it went down like a, a lead balloon, right? You know, yeah. social media the day that it came out, I, I think people were in disbelief. Yeah, 
of the changes. And I think, I can't remember like exactly, but where we had the three tiers before, I'm almost certain that what is now the silver pass, which was uh, before the magic. Yes, which the is... Magic, it, was, it was Infinity Magic. Yeah. Uh, something Fan- else. Fantasy. Pos- uh, I'm not sure if it was fantasy. I mean, it, fantasy's definitely been a past name before. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure if it was because, you know, the top tier, you know, used to be the dream. Yeah. Dream pass. Um, but regardless of that, I thought that the the, ma- the magic pass or whatever was like the, the, the second tier had more days uh yeah. included i want to i yeah. want to say like it was like three, 330 days or something like it was yeah. it was close to infinity but obviously the, the days that you were blocked out from were some of those key days you probably would have wanted like a christmas like a halloween you know halloween day itself yeah um etc so you know even that you know the price has gone up you know again a lot and They've also cut back on the availability. Yeah. Um, you know, I just well, I saw a photo this week, I wanna say. And as you said before, like at the moment, the only people that can get these passes are people that currently have uh, a, a running annual pass. Yeah. So should we should we dive into into that? Yeah. Um so there's a whole big thing about it. Um, it started last week, 19th of July, most of this kicked in. Um, so first of all, AP holders who are within their renewal period will be able to purchase as a priority from the 19th of July. So that started. Uh, current AP holders will be able to upgrade to the new range from July the 19th in person at the Walt Disney Studios Park Ticketing Desks. The cost of the remaining days on the pass prorated will be deducted from the cost of the new pass. Yeah. Um, as we talked about before, um, new sales for non-AP holders will begin later this summer. Yeah, there's no no official confirmed date yet. And no. and the other thing with the other thing with the with the the wording of like the press release around this as well is the fact that they they've kind of like really uh, made it clear. This is going to be um, not restricted, but there's going to be an there's going to be an allocation. Yeah, yeah. It says it says the total number of passes for sales renewals is limited. It's expected a lot will be available, but availability is not guaranteed. And your desired pass may not be available when you are ready to buy, upgrade, or renew. If it is not, you can still buy another pass and upgrade later. I mean that in itself is weird. Yeah, it it just honestly feels like they're making more work for themselves. Yeah, by going, oh, you can't have it now, but maybe in a month's time you can come back and we may have it for you. So one of the perks, one of the um, perks, um, that you 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 didn't mention there is the fact that if you're an Infinity holder, there will be four annual AP nights a year. Yep. So there's a there's a whole long list of of benefits. Before we move on, there is one other stipulation. Uh, discount for disabled guests remains at twenty five percent for one person and one carer, but these can only be purchased on site. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is pretty much a given because you have to prove. Uh, and we know Disneyland Paris hasn't got the infrastructure to be able to do that online, unlike the other other parks. But yeah, we've we've got these new and, and enhanced benefits. So as you say, four AP parties per year. But they're not. But, but what I understand about that is they're not free. No. So you still have to pay for it. Which now the thing is, and I was talking about this with my brother the other week because when I when I first mentioned this to him. I either didn't read it properly or I misunderstood it, but I I assumed where it said about the four par- parties that you'd be like that would include that would be included in the cost of your your pass, and then I was like, well, at least that kind of offsets the cost a little bit. But no, you still got to pay right. extra for these AP parties. So it says the Disneyland Pass will provide four exclusive AP parties per year tailored to various seasons, so in exactly the same way as they were before. Um, One guest will be allowed with the holder. The first one will be on September the 29th, uh, with sales opening at the end of August. With a new reworked queuing system, the parties will be available to legacy pass holders as well. Yeah, so obviously we've got a load of people at the moment that still have passes that are valid. Yeah. So your options are, you can either, as you said, upgrade and they will pro rata, what's left yeah. and take that off your new pass or you carry on until your pass expires they're still and then there's no guarantee that you'll be able to get the pass that you want correct so yeah. which is why it's you know because i've already seen some people do that yeah upgrade now because they were worried and the problem is because there's no numbers you know, Disney are not releasing numbers, and we never know how many sales there are of passes. Like that information is never released as well. So the thing is, they're almost putting this fear into people that if you don't do this, you may not get what you want. And I yeah. think that's an awful tactic to use. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, I'm not comfortable with the whole the whole thing anyway. But that especially, I think, is is quite concerning because yeah, people are panicking. Um, there's uh, a woman who runs a, a Facebook group and she did it and she explained the process that she she went through to do it and, and all this. Um, but she was basically trying to justify what she did yeah. <laughs> in, a, in her post because, you know, and it, it, just, like, it, just, it just felt weird to me that uh, that that's your options. Like, yeah. You, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, if you've got one today, well, that that slot should be open to you if you choose not to renew um at the end of that time or you choose to to downgrade to a similar costing pass uh to what yeah. you you've got now what you were paying um then that slot as far as i'm concerned should go back into the pool of you know annual passes yeah. for sale do you know what i mean exactly but, yeah but to not to not do that and just say it's basically a free for all it's just it's just yeah Get a cause madness. Yeah, you get what's available, and that's mm. that's it. So there's two more new benefits. Um, so there's going to be an exclusive meet and greet in a location at the Disneyland Park that has been empty for a long time that will be refurbished to hold a special meet and greet with Disney characters several times a year, three to four weeks each. All Disneyland pass holders will be able to reserve one meet for each period the meet and greet will feature exclusive and beloved characters in a relaxed setting. 
Right. So, I mean, number one, the wording of that again, uh, like an unused area. Yeah. I mean, take your pick. <laughs> I can think of at least three or four places. It's my Pizza head. Planet. Well, that's, yeah, that's the most obvious one. Um, I, I, again, I'm not really keen on this because the, that's the kind of thing that uh, you'd always uh, see people on private tours or, um, you know, celebrities yeah. as a perk of get shit like. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like it just yeah, and and in the states they do it if you've got a Disney Visa card. Okay, okay, interesting. So it's it's something that they've adopted, yeah, kind of from an an, an, an existing American system. The problem with the um, well, I get. So how many times do they say a year? Uh, several times a year for three to four weeks each. So I mean, in theory, it could be for two months. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, in theory, I don't think it would be that. But yes, you're quite right. I mean, even if they did one, so four times a year. So that, I mean, essentially, that's every every season, isn't it? Yep. But at some point during that season. So the thing is, again, that that's I think that's quite poor. Let, let's just say, right, that I, I, I bought one of these passes. Don't worry, I won't be. I'm not an idiot. And if you do, I'm not calling you an idiot. I'm just... Just saying, I just think this is insane. So let's just say they announced uh, Oswald um, to appear in uh, for the month of October. Right, from the first of October to the end of October, four week period. Oswald's going to be like the mystery meet and greet or whatever. But I'm not going in October. I've already booked my trip. I'm going at the end of September. So I'm not going to be there for the first of October. But I really want to meet Oswald. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to change all my plans to change my holiday so I can get this perk that's now available to me? Or do I just go, oh, great, that's another benefit that I'm entitled to that I'm not going to actually be able to use? Yeah. Do you know, like, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like no. it. And Pretty to much. be honest, it's probably just going to be Jessica Rabbit, isn't it? With the, yeah. with the, uh, the plastic mask. Yeah. Two out of the three new benefits you can't guarantee that you are going to have access to. Yeah. So so the third one, and I'm sorry, this isn't a new benefit. All it's doing is moving it from one place to another. Um, AP pop-up space. The AP space used for the meet and greets will also be a pop-up space for sales and events. This will alleviate the need to use the storybook store. Note this is not a lounge. We are not giving you a lounge. Weirdly, Right, I don't know if you remember this, but when they launched uh, Inside Ears, they had a yeah, lounge. They did. Which, I, I don't know exactly what happened to it, but I think there was quite a few problems with it, and they just kind of slowly eradicated it away. Yeah. Um, by the way, what a con job Inside Ears was. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because we didn't get asked to go into it. I mean, just just look at what it like it eventually turned into after about a week of it launching yeah literally um, it was just a way to get their press releases out yeah yeah you know you, you follow the same you know few twitter accounts they all post the same thing within minutes of each other yeah. um yeah i mean i, I don't know uh, uh, the, the, the problem with the the storybook store is it's on main street yeah but 
the one thing that you could say about that is that so on one hand you can say well it's it's a prime location that they want to get people you know everybody to buy stuff from on the other hand you could argue well if if you know that there's somewhere exclusive for you to buy certain bits and pieces that you can't without an annual pass would that not maybe entice you to think oh this is a benefit that I would like to, you know, I'd like to get my hands on exclusive merch that the riffraff can't. Maybe yeah. I'll think about upgrading my pass. If that's now going to be put into a secluded area that no one's going to, you know, only the few uh, will know about, then that kind of takes it away. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when I, I went with... I will say I'm glad the storybook store will be open as normal. Yeah, I mean... I mean, it's not... I like going in there, but I mean, there's not normally much in there for us. You know, there's yeah. there's very little English books. You do get a few, but I just quite like the theming of it. That's why I like to go in there. Yeah. But so when we were when we were there in November, the, the I think it was the day we were leaving. Um, they'd had some annual pass merchandise released, so I said to Craig, "Oh, shall we shall we pop in?" And they wouldn't let me go in because I didn't have an annual pass. So even though I was with Craig, who did have an annual pass, they're like, oh, you can't go in. You can't buy anything. And I was like, well, that's okay. I, I don't necessarily need to, but, you know, I'm, I'm with an annual pass. I'm like, no, no. You know, literally, you have a membership card, you don't come in. Yeah. Which I thought was a bit strange. Like, I, I could totally understand saying, well, only the annual pass holder can buy the merch. Completely get that. But they don't yeah. stop me. You know, if I go to a till and I use my annual pass and I was with Craig and I said, oh, do you want do you want to use my discount? Oh, yeah. Then he'll go and pay for his stuff with me standing there and I just hand over my annual pass. And they never yeah. turn around and like, well, hang on a second. That's not his annual pass. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the rules yeah. around that kind of stuff seems really weird. So it's very elitist. Anyway, so now that's going to be out, out of the way. Um but yeah, I th- I think that's a bit of a missed opportunity. I also don't think that the storybook store was a good location for it, just because of where it was, because it was on Main Street. Yeah. Um, because it, again, it is it is prime real estate. But there's plenty of places where they they have shops and stuff that they could have um done something to. I I, mean, I wonder why they don't just put it in one of the main stores. But you can only buy it if you've got an annual pass. Yeah. Well, that, that, they do that in America, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. And they literally, it's literally a case of if you pick, you know, it, will, it will be clearly like signed as such. And if you try and buy it and you don't have an annual pass, oh, you can't buy that. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. And I was thinking, I mean, the thing is, you, there's some quite big shops, isn't there? Um, yeah. Like the, um, the one in fancy uh, in Frontierland, yeah, which always struggles because it's such a big shop. You know, at certain times of the year, they will just whack anything in some of that space because they haven't got enough stuff to put there. Yeah, you would I mean? hope, so you would hope at the moment that they're doing quite well in that store with Haunted Mansion just around the corner. Oh yeah, well yeah, exactly. But but, but the, that shop is far too yeah. big just for just for that. Yep. And you know they don't get all the stuff anyway. Um, yeah, and the fact is they don't do a lot of themed stuff. So, like, not, you not might find a a big Thunder Mountain t-shirt and a, and a Haunted Mansion t-shirt 
Mm. And that will be it. Yeah, generally. Yeah. 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 In fact, sometimes you find more Hogwarts Mansion stuff in, or I've certainly found it in parts of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not how this should work. So, okay. So that's the, that's the three kind of like, uh, as you said, enhanced perks. Yeah. So I suppose there's there's a couple of bits to what has really been the explosion of bad press over these these new passes. So let's talk the reservation system that's already in place. That as such isn't changing. So all passes will still get only three days of reservations to visit the parks. Uh, however, the availability is being merged with the entire park park capacity. So it's not annual passes will not have their own reservations. It will be within the general public capacity from now on, which does make it better. It might make it a bit easier. Yeah, you shouldn't find days that are full for the, the most the, part. The problem still as far as I'm concerned, is that people don't go for three days. No, like, and that, sure. that's still the big problem with the three-day three, three day reservation. Yeah, I'm not sure what the, you know, what, what the, the market research told them, but very right. few people that I know will go for less than three days. I mean, look, we are people that have gone for less than three days, right? Yeah. So we are we, we are part of that, that number. Um, and the last time I went with Craig, we went for three days, but that's because of the trip we were having. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're going as a family, three days is probably not sufficient. No. So to so do if it. You, so if you're off property, you've you've got no hope. No. And um, of course, unless it's a really quiet period and you can get your first day done, and then can go in and book your fourth day. Yeah, which did, did, did Craig do that? I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to remember. Like when he, um, when he had his family trip, I'm trying to remember what he did. But I'm sure that's he, what he did. He was on property. Yes, but so didn't he have made to... any difference? No. What? Uh, if I, I think. Right. So what happened was, the hotel was booked for his wife and daughters. Because obviously they got tickets with it, so what Craig did was he added himself when it when they checked into the hotel, he added himself to the booking, yeah, which you can do, but he still had to reserve his last day on the Monday. Hmm. I'm almost I'm almost certain that's what he said he had to do because he was stressing about it. Hmm. I wonder whether there were some cross wires there, because if he would have been part of that booking, so therefore his no, he wasn't the hotel. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if that's what he actually ended up doing or not. Mm. Like, what I mean is, is I know that he wasn't on the hotel booking. Yeah, like when the holiday was booked because he had an annual pass, so he's like, when you know, yeah. I'm I'm essentially paying for the tickets anyway. Um. But yeah, I'm not sure if he added himself when he got there, or because I mean, look, the thing is, there was there was four of them with you know three of them booked into the hotel. Do you need four room keys? Not really. No. 
except you want to access the parts when you don't have a park reservation. So anyway, but 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 that but that's that is an issue, right? As you say, yeah. if you're staying off site, then you can book your three days. If you're there longer than that, then you have to wait until the end of that day before you can book the fourth day. Yeah. Then on the second day, you can book your fifth day. Yeah. And you've got and that just, worry. Am I going to yeah. get it? And just a side note on that, even if you don't upgrade your pass, you are under these new quotas as That's well. That's what got into effect. Because, yeah. yeah, so the other thing as well, so before we, we haven't run down the list of what has been taken away, but everything that no longer exists as part of these new passes that were part of your current pass, they yeah. are gone. Yeah. So regardless of the fact that your annual pass gave you these benefits, the benefits that they're taken away have been taken yeah. away from you as well. It's not like you still have access to them until your yeah. pass runs out. They're gone. They're taken. Yeah, yeah there is only one thing that's going to continue that has been removed from the new passes for anybody that's got one of the legacy passes, um, the privilege tickets, the billet privilege uh won't be available on the new ones but any that are remaining on current passes will still be available so that's it's the only weird, thing that's, yeah it's a weird thing to take away anyway i think because i mean you know it's something that would would, would only been used sparingly anyway you'd have thought but i don't think yeah. people bought annual passes with the belief well we only need to have one annual pass for me and my wife because I'll just buy her privilege tickets. Well, yeah. I don't think I don't think people thought like that. I think no. it was literally like if you had a friend that you wanted to bring along with you, yeah, that you do that. It's yeah, weird. Yeah, so that that's the only one that's going to continue until you change pass. Um, but I suppose we better jump into the things that are now gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, the AP entrance uh, has gone. That went Eight on parks. the yep nineteenth of July. They went uh, on the same day. Also lost the Infinity parking, so there's no uh, like VIP privilege parking anymore for Infinity pass holders. Um, that's it's going to remain as accessible parking during the the current work that they're doing in the car park um, but then it will be converted to regular parking after that So what I get with accessibility parking then? Well I think it's probably just done while they're doing these solar panels in the car park Yeah no I get that but I mean So the accessible parking will probably go back to where it was originally Right sorry okay yeah Okay. Yeah. Um, also gone on the 19th uh, free bag storage is no longer I mean, available. Th- this was a huge one for me, um, as silly as it sounds, because it was something we always took advantage of. Like our our last day in the park, we would, you know, go from the hotel, check out from the hotel on our way out, taking our luggage with us, and then leaving it at the park. Yeah, because other you know the only other option you've got then is you know because the hotels all have luggage storage and also you know nearly every hotel off-site also has a luggage room um which will either be free or there'll be a small charge um 
but you have to go back to them, right? So, uh, so this this time we were there because we were staying off site because we were only having a a half day on our last day. We just left our luggage in the hotel's storeroom because we was going to get we was going to have to get the train from there anyway. So it was fine, you know, it, it wasn't too much of a problem to do that. But being able to you know, check out of your hotel, take your luggage to the the, to the front door, essentially of of the resort, of the parks, um, and then just collect it on your way out was such such an easy thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I certainly used to use it for race weekends because I, I love a bit more with me. Yeah, and I want to say because they they charge per they charge per item. It was dependent on the size. So I want to say like a large suitcase might have been like. 15 euros you know a, a suitcase of a certain size would have then been 10 backpacks were like five that that kind of thing so the thing is if you were leaving uh you know four large suitcases which you know is is possible that's 40 euros roughly now but yeah. I, you know i've not seen the, the the recent prices for it but do you know what i mean that was something that you had as a perk and it was a perk yeah. you know and that's yeah. You know, whenever I decided to buy an annual pass, my justification for doing so would be like, okay, so what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. You know, what, you know, for me to throw this money down rather than buy a park ticket, you know, for the days that I want to be there, you know, I'll pay this extra 150, 200 euros, whatever it was going to be. Um, is it going to work out cost effective? And nearly all the time it would do because you know with the discounts with the um you know uh, special entrance to get into the parks with the luggage storage uh with the uh buggy which we'll talk about in a second i guess um you know i was able to then like go yes well this this pays for itself this justifies the cost of me doing it um so that that was quite a biggie yeah uh and as the last one that's that's kind of been removed in a in a phased process. The reserved viewing areas will disappear for everyone on August the first. I'm going to be honest; I never used them. They were so small. Yeah, they were small. The problem with um, with having an annual pass and those viewing areas were was it was it like U plus two or something? Yeah, I think so. So for most people, like for most families, they were no good. Um, if you only had one annual pass in your in your group, if you had more than one annual pass in your group, then obviously you would be fine. But um, yeah, it, it 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 limited it, and like you say, I mean, all it was it was just a roped off area in the middle. Yeah. Um, your view would have been pretty much, you know, as soon as people like stand up in front of you that are taller, like, you, you can't see anything anyway. So, you know, I I, I don't think that's a big loss no. personally. Um, some people might disagree, um, but you know a disability viewing area is is much more essential uh, in my eyes than a VIP one for pass holders. Yeah. Now we get into the things that went straight away. Uh, free stroller and wheelchair rentals no longer available. Again, I think this is uh, a terrible mistake. Especially yeah. as well, because you mentioned, obviously, uh, the disability 
annual pass discount it's still going to be available yeah but now uh on top of that if you need to hire a, a wheelchair while you're there then isn't it something like 200 euro deposit yeah and like I 50 so. i think it's like 50 a day or something yeah and it's the same for buggies as well like it there's there's no difference in the cost i know just upgraded all the buggies but yeah i i yeah it just doesn't sit right with me no uh and then the penultimate removal is discounts on day tickets pretty much fits in with those privileged tickets as well sits alongside that once you used your privileged tickets you could then get discounts on any other tickets you bought yep um so that's gone uh, and then i think the one that was the the big hit um was the ap room rates no longer available it's um the ap room rates was always a little bit of a scat yeah, because... and it was even more so in recent years when people could go on to the likes of Hotel.com and Booking.com and find them for exactly the same price. Yeah. So what they would do is they would they advertised it as, I think, 40%, up to 40%. Yeah. It was something like that. But it was 40% on the uh, the regular rate of the hotel. Yeah. Now, what I mean by that, because there is no such thing as a regular rate as such, but if you're staying in a hotel in any of the Disney resorts, on the back of the door is a poster which tells you what the uh, the nightly rate is for that hotel. Yeah. And it might be, I don't know, 70 euros, 80 euros. Basically, that's what they would charge you if you wandered up there one day and said, I want a room, please. Which yeah. I'm guessing people, you know there must be such a small percentage of people that would ever like do that um but that's that's what the room the official room rate is now when you book a package with disney you're always getting that heavily discounted anyway yeah. so it, it, it's a bit of a weird one but that is why if you would phone up because that's how you had to do it as well you couldn't do this via the website you had to phone up and say um you know can I have uh, the annual pass hold discount? You know, you'd have to give over your details and all that kind of stuff and they'd give you the prices. And I would say seven out of 10 times, eight out of 10 times, you'd get a better deal not using your discount. Yeah. Either, you know, via a third party or with Disney Direct, which included part tickets you were never going to use. Um yeah, the last time I went, actually, I did get a, a better deal than I could find anywhere else. But it was very rare because basically it was all done on a on a first come first serve basis and what the dates were. So if you was if you happened to be you know like the, the first few people that phoned up for that particular duration, and they had the forty percent rate, that's what you got. But if you know ten people had already book that using the AP discount, then you might only get a 25% discount or 30% discount. So you never, and they never told you what the discount was either. They would just tell you what the price was and you either liked it or you didn't. And that was yeah. it. So, I mean, it, yeah, it will frustrate people, but, you know, in my personal experience, because I don't think the discounts were, you know, they made them sound better than they actually were. Yeah, I don't think it's as bad as people feel it is, but I can I can absolutely 
understand why people are aggrieved. And if they, you know, always got a cheaper rate than they could find elsewhere, then of course it's going to annoy them. Yeah. Uh, and just a couple more slight notes on on that as well. It does say extra magic time and discount to remain the same for existing passes until expiration. Uh, and then to note that the gold Disney pass gets extra magic time after that. And it does say yeah. there will be some special offers will be available to Disneyland pass holders throughout the year. Which, again, is something that they, they did very rarely, but they did do. So... Yeah, I remember when I went to uh, the Mickey's 90th birthday AP party uh, for that weekend. Funny enough, not the night of the AP event itself, uh, but for the, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, they offered, I think it was like 20% rather than 10%. Yeah. Or they, they offered you a, like a, they offered you a slightly better discount than you would normally get on your pass. So I think I think it might have been for Infinity I think it might have been like 25%. Yeah. When you were getting 20%. I can't I can't remember exactly, but yeah. So yeah. but that was an offer that they emailed through to say, hey, because you've got this pass, you get this. But I mean, the number of emails that I got with special things like that were very few and far between. Um, I think there might have been like an early screening of a film. That they yeah. do the same kind of thing for, um, but I mean that, that yeah, you might you might you might get one of those a year, maybe two if you're lucky. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and then the the last thing, n- no longer going to get hard copies of your annual pass unless you request one in mm. the park. Um, so it's going all digital. So the new range will be all digital from purchase to renewal and use. The pass will be featured in the Disneyland Paris app. Unfortunately, they're not putting it in Apple Wallet or anything like that at the moment. Um, so any online purchases, there'll be no physical card, um, but you can request one free card at the ticketing desk at the park. And if you lose that, you will have to pay for the replacement fee. Um, and then that was always the case anyway. Yeah. So yep. that hasn't actually, you know, the only thing that's changed is that you you were given a card. Now yep. you can still get one for free, but if you lose it, you have to pay for the replacement. And that was yep. always the case with the the original pass anyway. Yeah. And there was a big thing regarding this because the current passes you weren't able to put in the app. And they had said that they weren't going to, but they did change their mind about a week week afterwards. Yeah. The problem is, though, is that those people that then went into the parts just using their new digital annual passes of their existing passes were told, no, you need to have the physical card with you as well. Mm. Now, I don't know. I, that could have been an isolated incident with one cast member. I'm not entirely sure. I'm just talking about one person's account here. But yeah. they went to the gate with their phone, with the app, with, um, I, I think, maybe their magic pass. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah, that's what they were sold. Brilliant. Was it Magic Plus? Yeah, it was Magic well Plus, wasn't it? Yeah. So Magic Plus used to give you um, extra magic hours as well, but now the only way to get extra magic hours is if you get the the gold card. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Yeah, because the the extra magic card used to give you 
quite similar perks to the Infinity in general. Like, you know, that was the only other pass that could use the pass holder entrances as well. Yeah. So they've re- they've really made sure that the passes are completely different. Which I, in one way, I kind of understand because it does then make you, you know, need to make, you know, it's harder then for you to make a choice. Yeah. Because of the perks that you lose. I mean, I, right, personally, overall, I think this whole thing's a mess. I think it's far too expensive. I think the fact that they have been putting barriers, um, to the, uh, the, the, the teals that are doing annual pass renewals. Um, and there've been no queues at all. Says a lot. Mm. You know, I think they might have been expecting more people to do it. People just aren't doing it. And I got an email the the day before from the shareholders club to say, as a shareholder, I can I can also do this. But then that was clarified to say if you've got an existing pass. So it's like, yeah. well, what's the point? <laughs> it, it, that's that's what everybody can do tomorrow, not just shareholders. So what's that about? I thought maybe that was a perk that they were trying to do. Um, actually, interestingly, I've not seen that, but I got 15% off annual passes with my shareholders card. I would have thought that that still stands because that would have been part of the terms and conditions that they um, signed up for the 10-year period for. Yeah. So I would imagine that that's still that's still active because that's a shareholder thing, not a an annual pass thing. But that's yeah, that's been conspicuous by its absence. But then getting you know the, the shareholders are, are fewer and far between in the grand scheme of things. So maybe they didn't feel the need to to mention that. But that would be interesting if I if I did want to go to the parks and see if I could get that discount. Um, did they mention anything anywhere as well about renewals? And what yeah. I mean by that is, so currently, if you have an annual pass and you want to renew, you got three months extra free, didn't you? Uh, there's no mention of that in mm. in the press statement, as far as I can see. Yeah, I will say I've been using DL, oh, uh, DLP report for this. They they did an in depth dive into it so that's where i've got my information from and it seems like there was there's no mention of that at all yeah i've not i, I looked at a few different places and i didn't see any mention of it so that is possibly scrapped as well then because if you did an early renewal they they give you three months free yeah so that's and i think they they not give you like 10 percent off as well i can't remember they definitely gave you three months free though whatever so yeah. that's that's poor. Look, I've I've done a lot of talk. Well, you've done a lot of talking about what it is. I've done a lot of commenting, commentating about how I feel about it. But what what what's your take? Honestly, I, in some ways, I'm surprised it's not more expensive because we know how Disney have been with their annual passes. Calm down, I, Craig. <laughs> I, I having looked at the US passes and still seeing that Disneyland Paris is half the price of Disneyland's annual pass um i am actually surprised it wasn't more um in the way that they did it because it felt like it was a continuation of what they were doing with the u.s parks i still think it is expensive for what it is at the moment um especially with everything that's been removed i certainly wouldn't be buying 
the top one. I I think the middle one's still quite expensive compared to what it is. Um, I don't like that they've removed everything. There's there's definitely certain things that I've used. Uh, the the free lock uh, storage I certainly used. The AP entrance I thought was a great introduction when they did that. What it's not even five years ago, is it? That they gave us that. Yeah. Um, it does seem like they've taken things away from from me that worked. Yeah. Um. And I, and I think time will tell. I think I think they're still trying to iron out the kinks in the US, and I think it'll be the same with this one. I doubt it stands still for long in its current form. I mean, I I think the comparison to Disneyland is is poor. Not not what you you said, but I think if you're comparing Disneyland to Disneyland Paris, yeah, you know, think of what they have compared to Disneyland Paris in terms of just what they've got on site. Yeah. You know, it's no comparison. You know, they've got far yeah, more. No, I'm not saying it, it should be the same price. <laughs> I, I just felt like it could have been slightly yeah. closer. Yeah, they could, make not it... that I would want it to be closer. Mm. I just felt like it could have been in comparison. I don't think Disneyland Paris is half of what Disneyland is. I think yeah. it's worth more than that. Um. So yeah, I I was expecting it to be more expensive. I was expecting it to be around eight hundred euros for that top one. So maybe they thought two hundred was the most they could up it at a time. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, I think when I first when I first bought an annual pass, I want to say it was two six nine, two seven nine. Um, yeah. And that was for the top, the top tier. And then, I think it was when they moved, when they when they changed them from the, the dream, to like the Infinity Magic Plus, etc. I think then it went up to three nine nine. But again, even at three nine nine, you got like the um, the photo pass, which was by itself, I think seventy or eighty euros for the annual photo pass. Yeah. So immediately, okay, we'll we'll take that off that you know what you're paying, and actually it's not too bad. And then it went up to four nine nine, and you still had that in it. So you're like, okay, well, all right, take that off, and then you know what what do I get in terms of you know discounts on my food? And that was the way I always justified it. I thought, okay, I've just saved fifty quid or fifty euros on a meal, yeah, because of the discount. Or you know, I I bought some stuff that I would have bought. You know, regardless, like I was, I'm never one of these people that will just buy something because I've got a discount. But if I if I get a discount, I'm certainly going to bloody use it. Um, you know, okay, I've just saved thirty euros on that shopping. Brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like it's like offsets the cost and the luggage store, you know, all this stuff. But before we move on, just one final point on this is uh, we you know this had some lively discussion in the the Patreon. Uh, chat group that we have um if you're a patreon you should be in that facebook uh chat if you want access just message one of us and uh well don't message me because i'm not i'm not page i'm not part of patreon anymore but uh i'm still allowed in there craig hasn't chucked me out yet and there was some lively discussion about it and i was you know darren was talking about his kind of justification for doing it and he kindly messaged me afterwards 
with his breakdown. So um, Darren, who we had on the show back in February, I think, um, talking about driving to Disney. Um, so this is what he said. Um, but I've been working out if me and my wife should renew our annual passes and have reached a conclusion that I know the initial outlay of £1,200 is, uh, is a lot over a 365 day period. It's worth it for us. Factors include driving and staying off site as we now do. I've used attraction tickets for the pricing and estimated maze pricing. So that's when I think he's going next. Well, I think that's when his pass runs out. So when he'd be upgrading. So, um, I actually got two holidays, but that's why I bet. Okay. So he's got uh, two times four day tickets in December is £610. Four days of parking is £100. Two times four day tickets in May is £540. Four days parking is £100. The photo pass is £70. That total is £1,420. Or as people outside of America would say, £1,420. I don't know why I said it American style. Very strange. Um, so yeah, so you know he's saving himself quite a bit of money there by doing that because he's already planned out what he's doing, and he's staying off site, so therefore he wouldn't be getting park tickets uh, with a package or anything like that. So you know, it it can still be benefit, you know, financially beneficial if you're doing more than one trip in a year which I guess is the purpose of, of having an annual pass, then it could it could be better value. Yeah, and it's it's always going to... Annual passes are always going to be better value if you, you are a regular goer. They're aimed at locals. Yeah. And, and they always should have been. Yeah, and it, or, or those people that will come out multiple times. Now, the thing is, what, what isn't listed here is how much he's paying for his hotel. Obviously, he's not factored in travel costs because that's always a separate thing anyway but you know the hotel costs are important now he could be staying off site and paying i don't know 200 pounds each time yeah um but that's that's cost you got to factor in as well because if you was buying a package from disney you'd have hotel tickets as part of your your hotel trip anyway yeah so i i yeah it's going to work for some people i mean he's he sat down he's done the maths and i think that's what anyone should really do you know my advice to people had always been if you're if you're not doing a disney package and you're doing this all a la carte you're not staying on site you're going to be traveling in either from a partner hotel or from valdi europe or from another local town that's where you're staying and you're coming in so you need to buy part tickets look at what it's going to cost you for you know three days or four days however long you're going to be going there for and then look at how much an annual pass is and then work it out. Because more often than not, the difference was negligible and then you would get the annual pass benefits. Now they're pretty much all gone. Yeah. So, yeah. Do your maths, do your homework, do what they yeah, did. Definitely. It's not, it's not going to be the same as we go for race weekend and that's the only time we use it. We used to get that money back. The extra that we'd spend on an annual pass, we would make back in that weekend with discounts on food, on merchandise. I want to say, I can't remember now for sure, but I want to say when I got my tickets in November, I paid £180 for the three days. Yeah. 
you know, and and my options when I went was buy part tickets or buy an annual pass. Now, as I said, I would have got a discount on, on the annual pass anyway through for the shareholders discount. Um, but even with that, the annual pass would have been a you know roughly uh four four fifty four forty something around that kind of cost. That's what it would have cost me. So it was one eighty versus that. Now there's a huge difference there. So then it was a case of, well, am I going back within 12 months? And at that time, I wasn't sure. Yeah. So then it, it, I just said to myself, well, what's the point? If I don't know if I'm coming back and I'm not going to use those tickets again, why am I paying double the cost to get some discounts? Didn't make sense. Yeah. So that was, a, that was the first time in a long time I'd been to Disneyland Paris without an annual pass yeah. and left without an annual pass. Yeah. More to the point. I haven't been to Disneyland Paris without an annual pass since 2016 was the last time. Because it's just worked out better each time. Even though I only did that one trip last year, I still made the money back. Yeah. But now I wouldn't. No. You'd really have to think about two or three trips. Yeah. And like you say, maybe that's the point. Maybe, maybe that's why they've priced it like they have to stop yeah. people that are possibly only going to go once to to buy an annual pass. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely what they've done in the states is that they've tried to trap people with annual passes that maybe don't spend that much money when they go in, mm. but they might buy a meal, but then they'd go back the following month and do the same again. Whereas you might have someone turn up and do one trip. Yeah, they'd eat three or four times, but then that'd be it. They'd never get any more money out of them. Yeah. So, and I I honestly think that's the way they're going with Disneyland Paris. With a two-park resort, capacity is always going to be an issue for them. At times, as well. So there's it, there's though, reasons behind times, it. At yeah. times, I think that's I think that's the other thing with it though is is that whilst attendance has been up, they've obviously been making more money. Great that you want to you want to see them do that, but I mean they never they never got as busy as the American parts did. No, like the only times they did was during COVID when they were restricting numbers going in. Yeah, like I don't think before that I'd ever seen a park full sign outside Disneyland Paris. No, in in the other thirty years of it being open, do you know what I mean? Like, but just then happened. I think I think we're going to find them doing other other things. We saw them do Run Disney, big hit. I think we're going to see more things like that in terms of bringing people in, stay in hotels to fill in those. Quiet periods. I think we're not far off a longer run of Halloween parties. Possibly, yeah. I think that's what they're looking for. They're they're trying to fill it in with other things. Yeah, I wonder if they'll they'll adopt a Christmas party. Disneyland haven't, um, but we'll see. Paris has always been more popular at Christmas. Mm. But they give out, they give away so much free for Christmas. Yeah. 
you know, you think about the number of shows they do, the tree license ceremony, that's all stuff yeah. that's done during regular park hours. And yeah, the tree I... license ceremony would, would have to still have to be yeah. because it gets dark too quickly. But, you know, for like the Christmas fireworks, for the, um, you know, when they do it, the projection show over at the studios yeah, on the Tower of Terror, um, these are all things that they could do um, you know, after hours at a private, not a private event, yeah. but a ticketed event. Um, you just just don't. have to look at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, that they've expanded into a second park at Walt Disney World. Mm. I I honestly think that's where Paris Paris are trying to fit into the American model more. The problem is though, and I I didn't speak about this earlier, but when we're talking about the you know the four AP events that they do, you know I've been to. How many have I been to? Two, I think. I've been to two AP ones, and then I went. You know, the last time I, I went with the family, we went to one of the the tickets Halloween nights that they do, which at the moment is is two per year. Um, I mean, the all three of them were pretty badly organised. The, the worst were the AP ones, yeah, which is insane to me because they're the ones that you should have more control over over anything. I mean, actually, that's that's not true. All of them you do because you have a certain amount of tickets you want to sell. Yeah. So you control the capacity anyway for those nights. You know, because not every AP holder is going to go to an AP party. Yeah. For the reasons we outlined, you might not just be able to make that date. You might not be able to take holiday time, whatever. Um, but they're always badly organized. Always. You know, Sinead, when she went that year, she went to the other night, she went to the Halloween night of the, the Halloween parties. And, you know, she was queuing up for Oogie Boogie like three hours before or something. Yeah, I, I saw I saw Oogie Boogie within 10 minutes in California. Yeah, for, for, four hours people were queuing up both nights to see Oogie Boogie. Um, and everything else was badly organized. Like, um, they had they opened up like a pop up uh, bar in Discoveryland because they were doing things in Discoveryland, and then there were problems with payments. So the car system went went down, and the queues were just inside. Like they they just always seem to be badly organised. So the yeah. thing is, even if I did have one of these passes that gave me access to these four special events that I could pay extra for, I wouldn't be going to them. No, because they're carnage. If they could prove that they could actually organise them properly, I would absolutely go. I, I don't want them to fail. I don't want them to be a, a pain in the ass, but they are. They're never anywhere near as good as they they you know appear on paper. So, yeah. Anyway, should we move on? Yeah, let's. Because um, one of the things that's also uh, opened recently is uh, a new show over in the studios. Which I think is where we're going to do the remainder of our episode, aren't we? <laughs> studios. Yeah. It's all about yeah. studios. It's all the studios now. Yeah. Um, and yes, we've got a new show over there called Together. Yeah. Uh, this is a Pixar-themed show, which is in the former Cinemagique. Yeah. Well, it's still called the Cinemagique Theatre, isn't it? But the you know where yeah. Cinemagique was, um, which was also home as well for um a few years of the the marvel stunt show yeah i remember what a marvel stunt show was called 
Was it just called Marvel yeah. Superheroes? Uh, was it was it something? It was assembled, wasn't it? I'm sure. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You could be. You could be right. Um, so look, when when they closed Cinemagique, God, when was that? 2016, 2017, something like that. I'm trying to think. Now. Yeah. Um, it's it was. They closed it just before our race weekend. So that was 2017 then? Yeah. Yeah, because it was empty because they used it, didn't they, for giving medals out? Right, yeah. That's true. Well, I didn't get a medal in there, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, so that theatre, so when, when, it, when it closed, it's kind of been used as a, a bit of a mishmash of things. Um, yeah. It's where they did the uh, the Christmas Big Band show. Yeah. Um, as we said, it was it was used for the Marvel stunt show during the uh, the Marvel seasons that they used to have uh, for a few years before the campus was a thing. Um, but it's not really been anything proper since then. It's kind of just been used when they've needed a location to use, haven't they? Yeah, very much so. It's it, it's very much in honest all honesty that corner's pretty dead and a bit strange now because of the fact that it's attached to Avengers Campus. Mm. Um it did feel a bit weird that we we never saw the Doctor Strange show go in somewhere in that corner. But yeah, especially because they could have put it inside as well. I mean the bit the, the obviously the big problem with Disneyland Paris compared to the American parts is the climate is so weird. Yeah. You know, I, and they could have just built the indoor version. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think what they do at Disneyland is great, but I think they probably want would want something that's more, um, you know, for the climate that they have over there. Um, but that said, it is in this weird spot now where, you know, it, it, it it's kind of just attached to Avengers Campus, but it's it's obviously yeah. still studios, but it's a little bit awkward, like that whole bit there with Stitch as well, and uh, what the Disney new Disney Junior, yeah. yeah. The new that new show as well, all a bit weird. All should be Marvel, as far as I'm concerned. Just just chop it, cut it, you know, iron it off, make it part of Avengers Campus. Um, but anyway, they've they've not done that. They've put in a new show which is called Together. This is a celebration of Pixar films, um, and it opened just a few weeks ago. Yeah, so it was just over a week ago. Yeah. I think yeah, because it was yeah, because they had the uh, you know the press previews and blogger previews and all that kind of jazz, and but now it's yeah. open to the public. Um, obviously, as you can tell, we've not been there. No, <laughs> he was booked, booked a trip especially to see it, but uh, plenty of people have, and uh, of course there are videos on YouTube. Um, we've done as much. In fact, we without realizing, we both did the same thing. We watched the trailer for the show. Yeah. That, yeah, there was uh, a there was a couple together. of trailers on YouTube that had been been sent out to the, the usual people. Yeah, um, yeah, um, the, the visuals look great. I, I I I'll be honest. Like when they announced it, I was like, uh, the, the the problem is is that Mickey and the Magician is obviously such a good show. Yeah, you know, and, we and know it's, it's very similar. Yeah, in but, terms of what it entails. But the thing is, 
so so because of Mickey the Magician, you know that Disney can put on good shows. Yeah. Disneyland Paris can put on such good shows. But we've also seen some of the other stuff that they put on, which hasn't been great. Yeah. Like the Marvel stunt show. You know, it yeah. was it had some good bits in it. I mean, you saw that, didn't you? Yeah. It was weird, wasn't it? Like the, the, yeah. the story of it was weird. Yeah. It didn't it, really make any sense. It was no Rogers the musical. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. Um, but at least now it does look like they're putting something that's that's decent, it, it is competent. Um, is it is it better than Cinema Chic? I, I don't think so. But that's because I have such a strong yeah. affinity for that show. But know. it was innovative, innovative yeah. as well. Yeah, it was very clever. I mean, I've never seen anything like it um, since, before yeah. it or since. You know, it it was, it was very clever, and it was, but weirdly, it was also fairly basic. If if you break it down, it was fairly basic. Like there was something that happened right at the beginning of the show that was very impressive. Yeah. Then the majority of the of the rest of the the show that you watched was just done on a big cinema screen. Yeah, but anything that's got Martin Short is captivating. Well, there, you know, that's that's true. Um, so, and and Alan Cummings in in some very yeah. weird makeup, um, <laughs> dressed as some kind of genie. That's right. Um, it, but yeah, I mean, I loved it, and I think the thing is as well, like when it was designed to be a studio's park, and you've got something in there that's about the magic of the movies. You know, those those are two things. That's my that's my peanut butter and jelly, you know. That's that's the stuff I like to see. That's the stuff that goes together. Um, obviously, you know, the studios has always been a kind of what is this park, and I would say it's even more like that nowadays. You know, it's called like Walt Disney Studios. What is it? Because there's <laughs> nothing like a studios at all. No, it isn't. Um, we'll touch on that a bit more in a minute. Yeah. So, but you know, I think at least from what we I've seen so far, it's better than anything I've seen them put in there since. Yeah. And the only other thing, any other thing I will bring up is it seems like they got the shows the wrong way round. So they've just built a new Pixar area on one side of the park, and then put a Pixar show in the other theatre. Yeah. Yeah, why why is why is it there and not where yep. Animagique used to be? Like you could yep. I don't know. Well, I, is there any reason why they couldn't swap locations? Probably not. The only I thing mean, I can think of is that set is come quite complex on Mickey and the Magician. But we know it has been taken out because they've used it for other things when Mickey and the Magician's been down. Right. So yeah. So the answer is not really. It's just laziness. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense. No. As you say. I mean, the thing is, Mickey the Magician being where it is never made sense. No. Really. Um. But even more so now, when you've got the Pixar show in a non-Pixar area, but you've got the Mickey Mouse show in the Pixar area. Yep. Very very strange. Really strange. Um. But. It, it looks great. I mean, um, obviously, some very good use of projection mapping. Um, they're using stuff on screens, like in Cinemagique again. They're very yeah. good. 
it does suffer, of course, from that common thing that they have had issues with recently, which is masked characters. Yeah. As you and pointed I... out, Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a row of Frank Sidebottoms in the Toy Story section. Um, I mean, th- what, I, what I find weird, so... I mean, and it's no secret. I mean, you know, they've they've talked about what prop properties were going to be in this show for for months. Um, so you've got Up represented, you've got Finding Nemo represented, you've got Toy Story represented, um, you've got Coco represented. Now, here's the thing: I have got absolutely no problem with Carl and oh, what's his name? Doug's the, the dog. Scout. No, the Cub Scout. Yeah, I know. Carl, God. Ellie, Doug. Kevin. Why can't I think of it? I can think of every. Yeah, I was going to call him. Yeah. That's the bird. Yeah, that's the bird. Oh, God. Anyway, him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I've forgotten that. But they're masked characters, and I think they look fine. Yeah. When I see Coco with that plastic mask on, it freaks. It doesn't freak me out, but it looks wrong. He's still one of the better ones. I was, I was more freaked out. We've, we've talked about Jessica Rabbit over and over again, but I didn't mm. think the Big Hero Six ones were great either. Um, Coco is one of the better ones, but yeah. they, they've now removed the Big Hero Six ones. They are actually actors now rather than mm. masks. Well, certainly so, for Hero, anyway. Yeah. I don't know about the others, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think maybe because the the you know the designs of Up were, were quite exaggerated anyway. His name's like, Russell. Russell. Cool City. Jesus Christ. It, it literally just came to me. I was literally oh. going through every single character's name. <laughs> um, so I went to see uh, Elemental a few weeks ago. Yeah. And... Um, before Elemental, they've started to reintroduce shorts before Pixar films, yeah. which is always nice. And it was um, another one from Up. So it wasn't a Doug Days. It was uh, called Carl's Date. Yeah. So it's obviously set, you know, during that same period as Doug Days, but it's, uh, you know, it wasn't focused on Doug. It was focused on Carl. Um, but there was a, a kid sitting behind me at the cinema and he obviously, I'm assuming, had never seen up because he's just watching this show and he's like, Dad, why is his face so weird? Mm. Why is it all square and stuff? Um, but so for those characters, I, I don't mind the fact that they, they're masked characters. But Coco, I don't think, needs to be a masked character. And no. I can only assume it's because of act- available actors, mm. maybe. Because I mean, the thing awesome. that, that's that, that's the thing, right? You know, you can, you know, when you've got actually a good example of this is uh, when we had a white person playing the Black Panther, right? Yeah. <laughs> that the idea being, if you're in, in costume, then it could literally be anyone under that costume, so it doesn't matter about you know if it's the right ethnicity, um, unless you do something like that. Um, so with Coco, yes, if you haven't got anyone that's uh, Hispanic, um then that could be a bit troublesome. Although, we're in, we're in Europe, right? There's quite a lot of Hispanic yeah. people. Mm-hmm. They, could, they could probably found to do that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so 
But yeah, for some reason, like Coco's one, I'm like, why is Coco under a mask? But the up characters have got no problem with it at all. Um, and obviously Toy Story is the same because Toy Story, they're toys. Yeah. They're not they're not supposed to be real people. So they they should be under masks, just not the ones that are like Frank Sidebottom. Yeah, they I, I do think that there is some work to be done. Even with the Toy Story ones, Bo Peep was frightening as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very much agree. Um, but you know the show. The show looks good. If you, yeah, as we said, like there are trailers on on YouTube. Um, they will obviously spoil bits of the show, but you know you don't see the full context, and you're not hearing what's what's actually happening. So, you know, if you're if you're interested but don't want to see it, you know, I'm, I'm sure somebody's filmed the whole thing and put it on YouTube by now. There's always someone. Um, but if you want to just get a feel of what the show looks like, then yeah. It, you know, watch train on YouTube, but um, it looks good, and I'm actually excited to go and and see it. It'll be interesting to see what the the schedule's like, because yeah. obviously the problem with Mickey the Magician is it normally runs from you know spring, early spring, until like Christmas time or the beginning of January, and then has downtime for like a about six or seven weeks before starting back up again. So is this going to be an all-year-round show, or is this going to be seasonal as well? Time will tell. Yeah, most certainly will. Right, what's the last thing? So the last thing, another big one, but it won't take that long to talk about, is uh, the current rebuild of Walt Disney Studios. Uh, We now have confirmation that Studio One will be going down for a full refurb. For a year, starting from April next year, um, will no longer be Studio One. Will no longer be our look behind the scenes of movie making, but will become Garden Party XXL. Um, so what basically, we're going to be at a Hollywood party. Uh, at this moment. Just drop the charade yeah. or the facade. Yeah. Drop both. Yeah, but the was... worrying thing is they're not even dropping all of the facades. They're still going to be there. Yeah. I, I This... The thing is, when it first opened, and bearing in mind, you know, I was there uh, that July when it first opened, so it was just a few months old after I, when I first went there. It didn't feel like a studio's part then. No. But it felt more like a studio's part because you had Disney Channel doing stuff there. You had a tram tour or bus tour that took you backstage, took you past props, which were at that time current. Yeah. Um, told you about productions, got you, you know, look, I, I know people don't remember the film at all but the rain of fire set which at that time the film had just come out it was just about to come out yeah um was great and i still don't get don't get me wrong armageddon was a crap ride but that's what that was part of as well yeah and i mean the thing is i'm a sucker for um for, for, for stunt things or not not um not stunt things but like those kind of shows that you go and experience that take you like you know what it's like to be in this film yeah um 
you know, it, I, I always loved Earthquake for that reason at, at yeah. Universal. You know, although it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great, but you got to see like magic happen. And they yeah. had Catastrophe Canyon, which, you know, wasn't based on a film, but the principle was the same. You know, you saw how a stunt would be done. Yeah. For a film if they're doing that. Yeah, you know, there was there was stuff there were still things there at that time and Cinema Chic that were very much in the theme of the studios. Then you had things like Aladdin's flying carpets and that shitty and I will, you know, I don't, I know we don't swear on it very often, but it deserves to be. That awful um, you know, theming of, you know, genies directing you. Yeah. On the magic carpets, which never made any sense even then. Because they were just desperate to get that ride into the park. Because right. they just opened it in Florida. Yeah. Um, you know, but there, you know, and there and there really wasn't anything else. You know, you had you had Anima Chic, Cinema Chic. Uh, the art of animation, which again was another backstage thing showing you how animation was done. Mm. Again, great. And then you had the drawing class afterwards. You know, there were there were things there that made it feel like studios. But as time went on, that got further and further away from the purpose of that park. You know, once yeah. you start throwing Toy Story Land in there, once you start throwing um Remy um and, and all the Ratatouille stuff there. All right, they're films, but that's not what studio should be about, as far as I'm concerned. You're just plonking something in there that's based on a film. No, it's it, what I always point towards is is Hollywood studios in the fact that's the same. That's lost everything about it. There was a a film studio, the likes of um, the Streets of America, where you felt like you were on a back lot. Walt Disney Studios never really felt like it had that in the first place. But it did have those behind-the-scenes things. Like you say, the the backlot tram. It, it felt like the, you were on the backlot. It had the Hollywood Street, didn't it? Yeah. Which used to be the entrance to the original yeah. tram tour um, before it obviously all got moved and, and cut down. And and yeah, that that felt more like kind of I would say like a production designing side of things, yeah. Because that was all based on false perspective, yeah. And it was to make it, it was... feel like it was longer. Now that there's nothing at the end of it, it feels like it's the smallest little street ever. There's no point to it. I mean, look, we know that they're doing all this work at the moment. We know that's you know it's all going to change and everything. But again, what what's what are they doing? Right, they're building a frozen land. Yeah, it got absolutely nothing to do with the film studio. No. So, to me, I'd have rather them just say, you know what, we're scrapping Studio One. Yeah. We're just, you know, rather than refurbing it and turning it into a a garden party. Yeah. XXL. Yeah, it's meant to be like an after party from a premiere, isn't it? As you go into a park? Yeah, which weirdly... I don't know whether you remember, but Madame Two Swords used to have exactly the same thing. No, I never. I've never done Madame Two Swords. Have you not? No. Back in like back in the nineties and two thousands, the the opening bit, and it's it's similar now, but it's meant right. to be like a glitzy party in Hollywood. Right. But originally, it was like meant to be a British garden party. Oh God. So we're taking inspirations from nineties Merlin. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, it was even Merlin. Yeah, when um, it was just Madame Two Swords. Yeah, 
I just, I just, I just feel at this stage, calling it studios is is falsehood. Like there yeah. is nothing studios about it, or, or or so little it's not worth keeping it. You know, as soon as you come out of Studio One, you don't think, "Wow, I'm in a backstage lot." Like to yeah. me, and 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 you did kind you did kind of get this when it first opened. I'll give it that. You did feel a little bit like you'd walked into a back lot, like you knew it wasn't as impressive as you know what you'd see at Universal. <laughs> but but it still yeah. felt like there was that kind of vibe going on, mainly because the first thing you would say would be uh, that American Street. Yeah, That's, it was right in front of you. Now, th- all the theming just doesn't make any sense. You know, Marvel. All right, Marvel films, but it looks nothing like anything from a Marvel film. Like none of Avengers Campus looks like anything you've seen in a Marvel film. Yeah. You know the the building of flight force doesn't look like anything you've seen in a Marvel film. Do you know what I mean? Like they could have made it look like a Stark building. Yeah. Oh, oh bloody just stuck Stark Industries on it. Yeah. They could have done anything and made it felt more like it was something from an Avengers film than they actually did. The thing is, they had a whole Avengers campus in the films. Why couldn't they have just made it look like that? Yeah. Yeah, so weird. So like, there, there is nothing in the studios now. I would, I would rather them call it Disney's Paris Adventure. Literally, I was going to say exactly the same thing <laughs> because that's what that's what they're aiming for. Yeah, yeah. Just, 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 just scrap it. There is yeah. no point doing. I mean, I mean, how long has this worked? Is it a year? Yeah, so in total, it's it's been done in six phases, four phases. Yeah. Um, so you know, bits will be down at certain times while they they you know make changes, whatever. But just just scrap the whole thing. Just scrap yeah. the whole thing. Just just make the. I mean, it doesn't even look like you're walking into a soundstage. To me, no. like I mean, I you know I appreciate it's supposed to look like a soundstage, but nothing really screams out this is a soundstage. You know what I mean? it what it feels like is nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties Hollywood. Mm. Not that it feels like you're walking into a soundstage. Yeah, there's, there's even as you walk out of it, there's a great big Hollywood sign above yeah. the doors. Yeah, true. But it it just feels all out of place, and nothing fits in there anymore. Nothing. No. I mean, even even the the tram tour, which was behind the magic, right? That's what it was. It was behind the magic, behind the movies. It's now cars. Yeah. Just just scrap the whole thing. Just change the name of the park. Change the thing completely. Don't worry about garden party. You know. Just, just do something different. But just, don't... just find some kind of theme to it, and then, and then just stick something up on on the bloody building. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, like they could quite easily, because it's all about perspective, right? So if you stuck a facade over the front of the current Studio One, you yeah. could make that look like anything without changing the structure of it at all because yeah. the only way you'd see the, the you know what the building looked like would be from above which you, no one's going to be able to do 
yeah. except if you're flying over it. But do you know what I mean? Like, you can make, you can just retheme it into anything. Yeah. But at the moment, it, the, the, the studios is the furthest thing from what it, the park actually represents. Exactly. Very much so. Sounds like a grumpy episode. I don't think it is a grumpy episode. I mean, we've no, done a lot of grumps, but... It, it was an information dump of an episode. Yeah. yeah. And there's no other way you can look at it because there was a lot of information to go through. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, think in our, I think in our case as well with with the studios, is I think we've always stuck up for it. I mean, we are far kinder on it than a lot of people are. Yeah. Far kinder. Uh, and I, th- I think for us, we want to see something coherent. And at the moment, the way it's going, I like the addition of Avengers Campus still feels very weird. In a way, when the park was heading completely down a Pixar route before that, you know what? Here's what you could call it, and still kind of keep the history there. Without, without, uh, uh, but getting rid of everything that makes it studios right now. Just call it Walt Disney Pictures Park. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Because the thing is, if you think everything in that park is themed to a Walt Disney production, yeah. Oh, oh, Walt Disney Productions. Just call it that. Again, it doesn't matter. But get rid of this stupid, like, false Hollywood thing. Like just scrap it completely because it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it makes no sense in that park now. No. But just theme it to your movie division completely. I mean, I don't know about you, but the weirdest thing for me recently. Actually, actually have you, did you see Indiana Jones? Yes. Okay. So the weirdest thing for me when I saw Indiana Jones was the fact that the Disney Castle came up at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, the second weirdest thing was all the awful de-aging that they did. But seeing the Disney castle come up at the beginning of that film, and I was like, this to me is insane. Yeah. Just to see this now. All these right, years. Right, right at the end. Yeah. But, but, you know, that's it. That park now is full of Disney IP. Yeah. And a lot of people hate that. A lot of people hate that Disney... Are now doing so much stuff with their IPs in parks. Well, I, mean, I, I can understand the arguments for that. Yeah, I can. But I, but... I can also understand the arguments as to why. Because when these parks opened, they had half the amount of content, so they had to come up with new stuff. Now yeah. they've got so much stuff that they can rely on. Why do they need to create anything new? Well, see, like again, go back to two thousand two when it first opened, right? They had Armageddon, which yeah. at that point was three, four years old. I think it came out in 98, so four years old. But it was still like a relevant film. Like it's yeah. still like a fairly popular film. It was still in the zeitgeist. You had the studio tour that had Reign of Fire, which was their big attempt at a summer blockbuster that year. Well, it didn't happen, but but do you know what I mean? That they started that kind of corporate synergy where it's like, right, we've got some stuff here. Let, let, let's do some stuff with our films. I think their biggest mistake actually was being too slow, was yeah. was leaving that stuff. I mean, I love that Rain of Fire set, and you know how delighted I was when we got to run 
uh, for yep. it during the Run Disney event. With cardboard Loki. With cardboard. <laughs> oh, God. And, and cardboard <laughs> ghost. The villain, the villains night when all the uh, all the villains with cardboard cutouts. I completely forgot. Jesus, um, cardboard Ronan, yeah, glowing eyes. Um, but you know, I love the set. But no one uh, after three years, no one knew what Rain of Fire was. No, so they could have probably done something else with that. But you know what? If they if that if they'd have just done that instead, like if they'd have gone after ten years, right? No one's remembering Armageddon anymore. There's no sequel coming out. What can we theme this to instead? Yeah. You know, they they could have they could have repurposed it, just stuck a new ride film at the beginning of it and had it promote another Disney property. Uh, the backstage tour just you know changed the props out change the rain of fire sequence to be something else there were so many things they could have possibly done which would have been good corporate synergy they just, just didn't bother to do but now it's all yeah the studio's part as far as i'm concerned is dead yeah focus on the ips if you want at the end of the day people will go because of it you know yeah. when frozen land opens world of arendelle whatever they're going to call it doesn't matter when that opens that will bring people there more yep. so than even Marvel. Because people that have got little princesses are going to absolutely eat that stuff up. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, it's... It's kind of a... And I don't want to say it, but it's become a bit of a bastard over the last few years. Just It's just such a, a mess of things put together. Like we said at the, the top of this segment talking about the the Pixar show. What what place has Stitch and Disney Junior got in that corner of the park? None. No, no purpose. No, no purpose at all. And I love Stitch. I can't remember the yeah. last time I did that that show though. No, but you know, if I went with my kids, I might do. But again, it's been there so long. Like it's time, and I I think that's another problem. They they leave stuff far too long yeah before doing something with it uh, uh, and, and you can argue it's a common problem across disney parts in general but yeah and, and i i will leave it on this note california adventure has become a great park the tightest bit of its park yeah the hollywood studio section yeah yeah there's some free answers for you disney go and listen to them yeah and rethink your plans that's what we say. Um, right. That's it for July. Um, yep. Next month, well, I mean, we're, we're days away, literally days away. What what, what day is this? 26th. So uh, Saturday uh, sees the reopening of uh, Futures del Oro. Yeah. As a new Coco-themed restaurant. There's no Cas- menu available. No. Casa de Coco. Casa de Coco. Restaurante um, de Familia. But uh, for those that listen to the other After Dark podcasts uh, and familiar with the uh, thing Eat It that we uh, often do, um, then we will be doing one next month for yep. that. Because we'll be excited to see the menu. It's one of my favorites uh, before closing. So I'm hoping it hasn't changed you know, drastically. 
but we'll be having a look at that as well as of course discussing any more news that comes our way yeah most definitely all right take it away buddy au revoir that's the one Podcast is a That Production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network.